Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome into Soccer Morning here on WorldSoccerTalk.com. We are live and we are fired up. Let me just tell you. This despite the fact that both Trevor and I are suffering from a severe lack of, of sleep. If you are only waking up and it's 6 o'clock on the West Coast, or if you're only, only getting your first cup of coffee because it's 9 o'clock on the East Coast and 8 and 7 in the middle there, maybe you haven't heard that FIFA done got. Uh, no, not exactly. FIFA... Rated by, uh, not rated, but officials in Zurich have, have, at the request of the U.S. Department of Justice, arrested seven individuals, 14 people indicted in a corruption probe related to television rights, bribery, the whole thing. Everything you know about FIFA has come to a head over the last, I don't know, nine hours or so. The New York Times, several other outlets broke the news last night around midnight Eastern time. That Swiss officials had arrived at the hotel that was housing several FIFA executives and led seven of them, I believe that's the right number, away. Not in handcuffs. They didn't get cuffed. They got uh, politely escorted from the premises and placed into Nissan Leafs, apparently. (laughs) Apparently, that's what they picked them up in. This uh, This is a big, big deal. Now... There are a couple of things. We'll add some context to this this morning. As Trevor, look, you understand that the people that are working this story, the people commenting on the story, the people, certainly the people reporting the story, all very, very busy people. Right now, this is still a developing situation. The New York Times is still updating their story as we speak. So it's very difficult for us to grab somebody who is directly involved. And rather than get someone who's on the periphery, or is only observing it from the same perspective as the rest of us. We're just gonna we're we're gonna trudge along here. We're gonna try to get some things together. If we don't, we'll open up the phone lines. It'll be your show. Because there's really no other story. I mean, there's MLS matches tonight. Three of them. There's U.S. Open Cup tonight. There's a Europa League final today. And yet, all of that is taking a backseat. The women's the the U.S. Women's Media Day is happening in New York today. This is a little troubling from that perspective, overshadowing nearly everything else happening in the world of soccer, including the U.S. Women's Media Day, which and then will trickle into the U.S. I'm sorry, into the Women's World Cup in Canada. Now, in terms of analysis, and this is where I'll start here. Just put this out there before we go into some of these these details. I don't know what's going to happen. And anybody who says on Twitter that they know what's going to happen is, uh, you know, Taking some liberties here. Now, I think it's really, really easy for all of us to be extremely cynical when it comes to FIFA. This is what they do. They corrupt, absolutely, and then they get away with it. So, Sepp Blatter not arrested, by the way, if that's a detail you were looking for. Sepp Blatter not indicted, not included in the list of individuals. So, any hope of him facing charges right now, right now, has to be put aside. Now, I did see something from Michael S. Schmidt, one of the New York Times reporters who was in Europe, who was in Zurich, covering the story. Apparently, he told CBS that Blatter 
quote-unquote, could be arrested. Now, does that mean it's going to happen? No. Does any of this mean that Sepp Blatter will not be reelected FIFA president for a fifth term on Friday when the FIFA Congress convenes in Zurich? No. In fact, more likely than not, he will be reelected. Now, if you're thinking, okay, what does all of this mean? And we'll go over these individuals here in a second. But what, if, what does all of this mean for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups? Now, these are also pulled into this criminal probe. The Swiss are actually running their own probe. Some of this has to do with the voting processes for those two World Cups, which we know were shady, regardless of whether or not the U.S. deserved the World Cup or Australia deserved the World Cup or England deserved a World Cup in 2018. We know those processes were shady. There's certainly vote trading, if nothing else. But this is being FIFA. We can all assume pretty safely that money was being traded uh, for votes. In terms of the 2018 and 2022 World Cups, and really, as Americans, the one we care about is the one we bid for, 2022. Any notion that this is going to lead to a revote that could then allocate that World Cup to the United States should absolutely be put aside. I don't think it's going there. FIFA has issued a statement that says the presidential election will go on and no revotes will be held on 2018 or 2022. They're digging in their heels as you would expect them to. They're also saying they're cooperating, but they're also painting themselves as victims because, again, that's what FIFA does. So this is only somewhat satisfying, this whole process. I mean, my notes are all over the place, and what I'm finding this morning, because, again, I was up. Last night, when the news broke, I stayed up for about two hours, took part in the, one of the most amazing joke runs in the history of Twitter. I'm sorry if you missed it. While also trying to stay on top of the news, and again, there's developments this morning, what I'm finding is it's almost impossible to stay on top of this story 100%. My notes are all over the place. CONCACAF Con- figures, this is a major thing for us as Americans, for, the US, uh, for U.S. soccer, and for this region. CONCACAF figures Jeffrey Webb, president of CONCACAF, by the way, Former President Jack Warner, you know that guy. And, uh, and several other CONCACAF figures are pulled, uh, are pulled into this, have been pulled into this. I'll just go from the actual, uh, the actual release from the Department of Justice. It's long, it's, it, it's detailed, it talks about all of, the, all of the, the corruption involved that they are investigating. But here are the names. Jeffrey Webb, current FIFA, by, current FIFA Vice President and Executive Committee member, CONCACAF President, Caribbean Football Union Executive, Executive Committee member, and Cayman Islands Football Association President. Now, Jeff Webb is a guy I've interviewed once back in 2012, 2013. A guy identified as a potential FIFA reformer who was suddenly a figure in a corruption scandal. Not surprising because it's CONCACAF and because Let's let's you know the, within the CFU uh, realm, this is not surprising. But I'm mildly surprised to see Jeffrey Webb's name attached. Eduardo Lee, president of Costa Rica's federation, pulled into this as well. Julio Rocha, FIFA development officer, former Central American Football Union president, Nicaraguan soccer president. Jack Warner obviously mentioned him. No longer involved. Banned from soccer, but still pulled in. In terms of outside of CONCACAF, Nicholas Leoche is a big name. Former executive committee member and Commable president. 
Now, there are other people who are not FIFA officials who are also indicted. One of them, and the biggest one for us as Americans and looking at American soccer, is Aaron Davidson. Aaron Davidson is president of Traffic Sports USA, the American arm of the Brazilian company that has its tentacles all over soccer, most notably in, in, a, in the NASL. One of the driving forces for the creation of NASL was traffic sports. Now, they have divested their interest in several clubs in the recent past, but their involvement is still considerable. Aaron Davidson is, is the, board, the chairman of the board of NASL. So there's your connection. So we've got a bunch of things rolling down the hill here. Not exactly sure where they're going to, you know, what things they're going to take out. Could, uh, could NASL be affected? Absolutely. Don't know how, how much. Probably would go on. Probably wouldn't be the end of the world for the NASL, but it doesn't look good. Obviously, CONCACAF is going to be affected. Okay. Obviously, CONCACAF is going to be inf- uh, impacted. And by the way, let's, let's, take, let's step aside here. This, again, this is so, moving so quickly, and there's so much news to cover. I don't have enough time in the first segment. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and we're going to grab Simon Evans from Reuters. He's on the phone or on Skype somewhere. Uh, he's been following the story. He knows CONCACAF inside and out. We'll get his perspective on this. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Facing the crowd. If you're like me and you're wondering where to watch all of the Copa America games this June and July, I've got the answer for you. It's called Fubo TV. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Gold TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch Copa America, Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, Serie A, and other great leagues from around the world. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Soccer Morning listeners, I want to invite you to sign up today for a free trial to Fubo TV. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash Soccer Morning right now. F-U-B-O dot TV slash Soccer Morning and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home and at work. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Back on Soccer Morning. We're going to move quickly here. We have Simon Evans. He's currently in a car in England, so our connection is not the best but Simon, I wanted to get you on the air, and I appreciate your time to talk about this FIFA corruption probe executed by the Department of Justice as it relates to CONCACAF. Several CONCACAF figures pulled into this. From your perspective, do you believe that this is going to have some serious uh, ramifications for the governing body of, uh, of, the, of North American and Central American region? I think it has to, doesn't it? I mean... Pretty much everybody had bought into Jeffrey Webb's narrative about being the new transparent face of reform and, and CONCACAF was going to be very, very different from how it was under Jack Warner. And here we see Jeffrey Webb himself indicted, along with uh, figures from Traffic Sport, who are the main commercial partner of CONCACAF. So 
it's very difficult to see with all those television deals and sponsorship deals cut by traffic and with Webb's position being so clearly marked out as somebody who's a, a breath of fresh air for CONCACAF and here he is back in the same kind of situation we saw Jack Warner. The, 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 you mentioned traffic, Aaron Davidson included in, in the list of names indicted by the Department of Justice and I guess for, for us the, uh, the practical issue immediately is, is, is for things like the Gold Cup and, and some of these CONCACAF tournaments. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to grasp everything happening, Simon, but what, what, what ultimately could happen there? Do we have any idea? Well, we waited to get the actual details of the cases from the Department of Justice, exactly what it is that they're talking about kickbacks in, in that document that they put out there, but we haven't seen the specifics about what Webb and Davidson in particular are being accused of. Um, I focus on those, obviously there's a lot of South American aspects to it, and the Copa Centenario has been a, a big deal cut between CONCACAF and CONMEBOL with a big television deal as a component in it. If those are brought into question, serious question, as though they weren't a fair process, there could be, one suspects, uh, possible legal challenges from other television companies, or there could be, you know, other reactions, people walking away from these things. So it, it, there's all sorts of things could happen, and we need to really see the detail of these allegations, because at the moment, it sounds bad, kickbacks, and, and all kinds of uh, corrupt practices, but we haven't seen the details of what it means in those specific CONCACAF cases yet. Is, it, is there any doubt, and, and apologies, apologies if this is out there as confirmed, but there, is there any doubt that all of this stems from Chuck Blazer's role as a potential informant, and, and maybe that's part of the reason CONCACAF is swept up in this uh, so categorically? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think the presumption, you know, after what the New York Daily News reported about six months ago about Chuck Blazer, um, you know, working with the FBI as part of whatever deal he's reached with them. Um, and it seems like one of Jack Warner's sons may have also, reading between the lines of that statement from the Department of Justice, have done something similar. But then these are very recent things. I mean, Chuck Blazer hasn't had any part of CONCACAF for the last two or three years and these are things relating to television deals involving DOJ specifically mentions the Cup of Centenario. So how has Chuck Blazer got information on that? Has that's a, that sounds to me like that information is coming from another source as well. Now the uh, I, I'm struggling to understand how with all of these we're talking about the Gold Cup, we're talking about, talking about Copa Centenario, we're talking about deals made between Concacaf and Commonwealth, and several figures pulled in. How does all of this happen? without U.S. soccer somehow being involved. And I'm not implicating anyone in a, in a corruption scheme, Simon, but I, I just wonder how that how U.S. soccer can't be touched on some level. I mean, I think U.S. soccer, you could say the same about the Warner and Blazer years. You know, U.S. soccer uh, sure. officials were sitting on CONCACAF boards throughout that period, um, and Sunil Galati on the executive and, and other bodies. Um, they kept a distance. That's certainly the case. I will say this, uh, the last CONCACAF Congress, that bizarre affair in Bahamas with the comparisons of Sepp Blatter to all those historical figures and Martin Luther King and all, all that kind of nonsense, that um, I noticed that Sonny Ogalati was being treated very coldly by people there and there did seem to be a lot of whispers as well about the US now being totally isolated within CONCACAF. Uh, whether this was because people had picked up on what Blazer was doing and were drawing conclusions. 
I think the U.S. at some stage is going to surely have to have a conversation about whether it wants to be a part of this organization. I mean, people in Europe feel very much that corruption outside of Europe in South America, Central America, Africa and Asia, we've had cases tarnish the name of a game which is extremely popular in Europe and, and hasn't had many cases of FIFA level corruption. And the United States could feel the same. I mean, Chuck Blazer was never really an integral part of the U.S. Soccer Federation. Mm. He was a CONCACAF man who did work together with the U.S. Soccer Federation. But how much longer does U.S. soccer want to be part of an organization which constantly finds itself in these kind of controversies? Now, I think it's easy, Simon, for people to jump ahead to several conclusions which uh, you know remain to be seen. As you said, the details need to come out. The Department of Justice says this is by no means the end of this investigation, but people are already jumping ahead to, okay, maybe they're going to re-vote on 2022 and the United States will benefit. I, I certainly, you know, I made a, a something of a tongue-in-cheek comment last night that remember how happy you are now when FIFA bans U.S. soccer for governmental interference in football because those these things do not seem out of bounds. Is there any is there any way to sort of know what the ramifications for American soccer could be, as you said, they have a decision to make on their part, but there could also be some sort of ramifications in the other direction. You still with me, Simon? Simon's connection is just a little dodgy. He may be on a delay. We may not have him at the moment. Uh, I'm going to leave the line open just in case Simon is able to jump up. He's dropped off, so we may not we may not be able to get Simon Evans back. We can certainly try. Uh, I'll throw that to producer Trevor and let him decide. Um, in the meantime, let's go ahead and just, again, sort of talk through the uh, the elements of this. All right, let me try one more time. I'll try to get Simon Evans back on the air again. Uh, 14 individuals indicted by the Department of Justice. They say this is not the end of their investigation. In addition, a Swiss criminal probe is going on as well. Uh, the individuals in uh, in Zurich who were arrested were arrested by Swiss officials at the behest of the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice is using some broad powers they have uh, to reach out and arrest foreign internationals for um, for corruption when it involves U.S. interest, which includes you know uh, wire fraud using uh, American banks and and that kind of thing. Uh, the details you know the details matter, and I and I highly suggest you go and do your own reading. This is just a big big story with a lot of moving parts. Uh, Simon, do we have you back for just a minute? Sounds like a lovely car ride, Simon. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I was saying that. that Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, um, yeah, I mean, the people inside the, con- uh, inside the CONCACAF Congress behave completely differently towards that letter than how most of us would do. The possibility of some anti-American backlash with Blatter standing up there and saying we will stand firm against these outside. interferences it's not out of the question all kinds of things could happen because fifa in again apologies for the connection with simon evans we grabbed him last minute he is uh, traveling uh, in England, Simon, if you if you're with me still, um, again, apologies yeah, for the connection. Concacaf's uh, 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 headquarters in Miami are being raided. That that report came out this morning, so this may not even be the end for Concacaf figures. Um, we don't know what's going to come out of that investigation, but should should other should other figures be indicted uh, 
other CONCACAF figures be indicted or there be some serious criminal investigation into CONCACAF business, which I imagine there is, I, I guess we don't have a precedent for what happens then. Who's running everything, even if we move beyond just uh, the corruption involving television rights? Yeah, I mean, what we've seen uh, FIFA do sometimes with certain federations which have, have got themselves into such a mess that they almost seem like no one can govern them is that they will appoint somebody to run the organization administratively until things can be sorted out. They use the phrase normalization committee, although in the world of FIFA, what is normal, who knows? But, but, but I mean, that's not out of the question. If, 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 if other people within CONCACAF in terms of the administration can't actually function and the, and, the, and the tournaments and games and events can't go ahead because there aren't people to lead the organization, it is feasible, I suppose, that FIFA could uh, intervene and, and put some people temporarily in charge there. Uh, we mentioned the name Aaron Davidson. He is the, the chairman of the board for, uh, for the NASL. He's also the president of Traffic Sports USA, which is, um, which is what swept him up in this investigation, uh, I imagine, Simon. And, and Traffic is a bit of a controversial company within American soccer circles, certainly, should there be any worry on the part of, of NASL fans or, or administrators in regards to Aaron Davidson being included? Well, it, um, traffic sports have tried over the last couple of years, haven't they, to, to pull out of directly running teams within the NASL. I think they still are directly involved in Carolina Railhawks. Is that right? I believe that's um, true, yes. Yeah, um, whether they're not, they, they divested themselves of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers and a couple of other clubs as well. But clearly the NASL was a traffic sports project from the start and how much of the league's office and other things are, are supported by traffic, I don't really know, to be honest. But you would think there would certainly be some sort of knock-on effect for the league. Do you believe that, that FIFA can remain firm on the decision to, uh, uh, to not re-vote on 2018 and 2022? Certainly I expect the, the presidential election to happen on Friday regardless and then whether or not that is vacated, I, I guess that remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, if the, if the authorities in Switzerland have the Garcia report, which is what FIFA have been saying, and they can come up with uh, clearly enough um, evidence or question marks to, to carry out uh, these kind of uh, actions, you would think that there's something there that's concerning them. But, I mean, it, it all comes down to those positions of power within FIFA, doesn't it? I mean, we, it's very hard to judge these things because, as I said, What's considered, uh, you know, a scandal for us isn't always a scandal for FIFA. Sure. And what and, and what's pressure pressure on them to change? But I mean, how much more has to happen before FIFA step back and say, you know, we really need to have a look at those World Cup bids again? What? I mean, it's going to be very interesting what comes out of that Swiss investigation, which is much more focused on those issues than the obviously the Departments of Justice and FBI investigation is. I, I wonder then, Simon, what you make of the uh, the American involvement. I mean, it, it's fine and and good that it was the Department of Justice that took this step, and I think a lot of a lot of people around the world may be applauding the United States in that regard. But at the same time, it allows FIFA to sort of. Um, compartmentalize a bit more because the United States is not really a major player in FIFA. Certainly it's not the home base of the most passionate football supporters. What, what ultimately, you know, how ultimately can, is FIFA going to be able to really sort of brush this aside and, and will other, other governmental bodies or um, a, a world, world figures sort of step in to, to apply more pressure? I just wonder what, 
How much pressure does it take for FIFA to legitimately change? Well, I think what's going to be interesting now is when you get an organization with the weight of the FBI and the Department of Justice involved, when you get the Swiss authorities who, of course, have been infamous for protecting people or or not interfering in things in the past, those two things happen. If anybody was sitting on the fence with information or with the power to make some changes, they now no longer have any excuse. This is the prime moment to come out and to settle scores, if you like, or to raise issues and to put things right. And I think uh, it'll be very surprising if over the next few days we don't see more things happen. I think we saw a hint of this looking back now, the, the revelations yesterday or the day before yesterday, Prince Ali had been approached by a third party with financial information about Blatter and so on. It's clear things are moving and happening before this election. So I wouldn't be surprised if this... I would be very surprised if this is the end of it, even within the next 24, 48 hours, that more things don't start to happen. It's it, Again, this is a developing story. We still don't have a grasp on everything that, um, that the FBI and the, and the Department of Justice has um, at their disposal. Uh, you mentioned the Swiss investigation. As you said, that's focused much more on the issues of the, the, the voting process for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups question over the 2026 World Cup coming, Simon. I think that there are cynical people out there who imagine uh, that the U.S. may be pushed aside because of their involvement in this investigation and therefore someone like Canada or uh, could, could step forward. Is, is there reason to be cynical on that front for American fans who may not want to go through the pain of losing another bid? Well, I mean, we're speculated here, so let me speculate one back. Given the, the, the mood that I picked up at that CONCACAF Congress a month or so ago, actually, if there is now a change in CONCACAF of its leadership or some, some revolution within CONCACAF, that could actually help the United States because um, I certainly picked up plenty of vibes that there was, there was this, this swing against the U.S. within CONCACAF and that, that Canada or Mexico would have been the preferred choice within CONCACAF because there just wasn't that backing for Sonny Galati, who mm. a lot of people within CONCACAF were starting to treat uh, rather rather coldly. So perhaps the change actually helps the U.S. for 2026. You know, it's, it, you, Sonny Galati is a fascinating figure in, in, in all of this, if only because, and I was critical of him during the bidding for 2022, if only because it seemed the U.S. was not willing to play FIFA's game, and that's the way to win a bid, is to play FIFA's game. But now, Sunil Galati, if the United States is not implicated, the U.S. Soccer Federation is not implicated directly, and certainly there's no indication that Sunil Galati is swept up in this, then they do have the, the moral high ground on that front. I just don't know what, it benef- what benefit they, they actually get out of that. Yeah, and, you know, I have some sympathy for, for Sunil, actually, in, in, the, in the world he's had to operate in with United States soccer because at the end of the day, you know, U.S. soccer and Major League Soccer and, and the other organizations have been trying to build the game in the country, and they've had to deal with an organization led by Warner and then led by Webb with all CONCACAF's quirks and strangeness and worse, and somehow they've had to navigate through that and FIFA and try and get things done for U.S. soccer without dirtying their hands. It's not been an easy task, I would imagine, at all. So I do have some sympathy. I, I mean, normally as journalists, we... We like to really be critical of officials, and I think there's plenty to be critical about MLS and U.S. soccer, but I do have some sympathy for the world in which they've had to operate. Now, uh, the among the CONCACAF figures uh, indicted include Jack Warner. There's no surprise there. Of course, he's out already out front claiming his innocence because that's what CONCACAF Jack does. But Jeffrey Webb, and, and we, we already... 
uh, discuss him briefly. He was the, the CFU president. He's obviously a representative of those small Caribbean nations who make up so many uh, of the voters in CONCACAF. Is, is, there, is it possible that this could result in a, a wane of influence among the Caribbean nations? And is that a good thing ultimately for a region that does have a couple of heavy, heavy hitters and then a, a lot of minnows, Simon? The problem is the mathematics. They hold an automatic majority in everything in CONCACAF. They decide who the president's going to be. They decide everything else. And um, as long as people are part of the same organization that has a majority of Caribbean nations, they're going to be um, at their beck and call, really. And it's, it's very difficult. You would think uh, politically that they might want to keep their heads down for a while after a second Caribbean leader gets himself in trouble. But... They are very determined people who are very dogged and very loyal to their people. And they're still around. There's still plenty of people from the Warner era survived under Webb. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Horace Burrell at Jamaica, somebody who was suspended by FIFA for his role in, in the cash for vote scandal. Gordon Derrick, the current president of the CFU, was also suspended uh, by FIFA. These people aren't likely to want to give up their power very easily. The interesting thing to think about, of course, is if they weren't part of an organization that had Costa Rica, United States, Canada, and Mexico, um, in terms of football, they would be absolutely nowhere. So they might want to have to have a little bit of humility and think about what kind of relationship they want to have with people. But as I suggested, you know, it may also be that Mexico and the United States and Canada and other countries wonder whether it's in their interest to continue to be part of an alliance with uh, with the Caribbean nations. Uh, you know, there's again, and so much of this is speculation. Uh, lots, of of, lots of questions, Simon, from people, and one of them I just had was, you know, with uh, with uh, Aaron Davidson being included in this group and and the potential impact on traffic sports and, and their U.S. interest is that a boon for for some and for MLS? And I I don't even know if we can even begin to 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 ask that question. Well, I mean, if traffic and the, and the head of, I mean, even more significant than what's happening with Aaron Davidson is what's happened with the head of traffic proper in Brazil, who's in serious, serious trouble, according to this. And the amount of money being talked about that he may have to repay or forfeit and so on is, is, is huge. Um, if traffic find themselves out of the picture and that's not inconceivable, then clearly there's a, an empty space and a vacuum in the market that some could possibly take advantage of. I mean, there's... The, the, there are other companies that would, would look to sure. fill that gap as well. Mm -hmm. But, yes, in theory, some would have some options there, yeah. Uh, now, I, I've heard today uh, developments that UEFA, uh, with uh, Euro the Europa League final happening in Warsaw tonight, and uh, and Comnable, many of their, their leaders gathered in Zurich for the FIFA Congress, obviously, are going to hold a meet emergency meetings, or maybe already are doing so, Simon. Um just in terms of UEFA, what what do you ex what would you imagine their response to be? As you said, so much of this is UEFA sort of standing aside and saying we're being dragged down by the corruption in other parts of the world. Are they going to be up on their high horse trying to lead the way, or could uh, do you imagine Platini? I, I, I don't know what to, exactly to expect out of UEFA. No, I mean it's difficult for them, isn't it? Because you know they've tried that electoral strategy. Um, you know the feeling is that. Prince Ali, who they ended up with as the single candidate, probably wouldn't have enough votes to beat Blatter. Are they meeting to discuss what, what their election strategy is going to be? You would think that would be a factor, um, whether to call for the postponement of the election, whether that's a smart thing to do or not. Um, but, you know, UEFA also, and people forget this, you know, UEFA in this whole, the whole FIFA compromise 
that allows the organization to exist is basically reliant upon UEFA continuing to participate in FIFA events in the knowledge that if they didn't, those events would cease to exist. I'm right. talking about the World Cup and, sure. and other world tournaments that just wouldn't wouldn't really exist without European teams. And they have that nuclear option, and people have often wondered, you know, would they ever reach a stage where they would use it? They probably haven't got to that stage yet. But really, people within Europe, well, I think, are just getting really, really tired of all this. Mm. It's not it's not just England. People sometimes say, you know, the British press are the ones who are obsessive over FIFA. It's the same feeling in Germany, even in Italy and Spain. People, people are just tired of FIFA by now and, and want to see something change. And you wonder if, if somehow Blatter rides this out and FIFA con- tries to continue business as usual after this. You know, where does UEFA go from there is a very, very big question. Yeah, there, there, there's so many moving pieces here, and until the dust has sort of settled, we have no idea exactly what the ramifications will be on those those governing bodies, and certainly on the um, on the game as it is administered around the world. And uh, Simon Evans attempting to provide some context, and he's doing so from uh, from England, and we appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining me, Simon. Thanks, Jason. All the best. Cheers. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to continue this. We're not done. Andrew Doss from the New York Times, an individual directly involved in the reporting of this story, is going to join us. We'll go through the timeline of exactly how this happened and what comes next. It's Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. If you're like me and you're wondering where to watch all of the Copa America games this June and July, I've got the answer for you. It's called Fubo TV. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch Copa America, Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, Serie A, and other great leagues from around the world. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Soccer Morning listeners, I want to invite you to sign up today for a free trial to Fubo TV. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash Soccer Morning right now. F-U-B-O dot TV slash Soccer Morning. And start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home and at work. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. We roll on here on Soccer Morning on a Wednesday, worldsoccertalk.com. Enjoy now. On the phone, uh, briefly by Andrew Doss from the New York Times, uh, in directly involved in some of the reporting of this story as it unfolded last night. Andrew, how are you? I'm okay. I'm tired. Yeah, I, am, I imagine that you're tired. Let's uh, let's talk about the timeline and exactly how these things uh, unfolded uh, there in Zurich. Um, it, it, if I'm not mistaken, it was about midnight East Coast time that word came down that a new inch, uh, New York Times issued the first story that said. Uh, that Swiss officials were, in fact, arresting uh, FIFA individuals at this hotel in in Zurich. How did this all come together? Well, without um, giving away too much, um, we had two guys in the hotel, not by accident. Um, 
guys had, uh, there'd been a lot of reporting done beforehand uh, by a lot of people, uh, including the four guys on the story, Sam Borden, uh, Mike Schmidt, Matt Apuzo, and Willie Rashbaum here in New York. So there were some different departments involved, uh, a lot of reporting. The, the government doesn't necessarily tell you when they're about to go around arresting people, so uh, you got to do the hard work yourself. And uh, fortunately, the New York Times has some people who are pretty good at that. Absolutely. We saw some fascinating stuff come out of uh, Zurich directly and obviously the reporting of the New York Times. Excellent, as always. As you understand it, this is um, not the culmination of this investigation, but sort of the first salvo? Uh, it seems pretty clear uh, that it's not the end of the line. Uh, we got cooperation from Trust Blazer, who knows a lot about what's gone on over the years and is an amazing resource to them, even though he's quite guilty and paid a $2 million fine already for what he's done. Um, so I, they're pretty deep into CONCACAF now, into uh, the, the big tournaments in North and South America. They're into some TV people. And now the Swiss authorities are going to go back into this 2018-2022 stuff they announced today, too. So is some uh, of, we're not done at all. No, right. Is some of the, is some of the reason that so many... Uh, so many figures from from Concacaf, which is obviously North America and the Caribbean, and and obviously uh, some South American officials as well. But is the understanding that 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 jurisdictional elements played a part in in sort of the preponderance of of figures from the Americas? Yeah, yeah. At the, at the way the way um, our story explains U.S. law, which is the way I now understand it, um, it doesn't take much for the U.S. to be able to claim jurisdiction. You can route a couple of payments through a bank, uh, run it through an ISP in the U.S. Uh, CONCACAF has offices in Miami, so right. they're de facto under U.S. jurisdiction uh, by virtue of that alone. So, um, yeah, so they they got into it a little bit and um, clearly put the work in. I, this is years in the making. They didn't throw this together in a weekend. So. Well, and I guess to that, what was the what from from the reporting and and I guess what was the impetus for the investigation? I mean, at some point, someone had to say uh, to you know to uh, the to uh, the, the Department of Justice and the investigators and the FBI, hey, this is something you need to look into. Was this? Um, I, I guess. I guess the question is, where do you think that this investigation stemmed from originally? I think. Well, it goes back. I guess you can probably track it all the way back to 2011 when uh, Blazer turned in Jack Warner over the um, vote buying in the 2011 presidential election. Uh, that got between Hamam and Warner in trouble. It also boomeranged and got Blazer in trouble. Uh, and what ended up happening was Contagap then went and did this huge integrity report which is fascinating reading if nobody's read it, um, that detailed essentially that Blazer and Jack Warner had run this massive fraud for decades in CONCACAF. But one of the things that came out of it was that they owed millions in uh, unpaid taxes. They, they, they'd not been paying their own taxes. They hadn't been paying CONCACAF taxes. And so that got the FBI and then the IRS involved. And that's some pretty strong leverage. Uh, I would guess, mm -hmm. uh, from my reading of uh, what they found, at, and that 
that uh, gives you a pretty good hammer to hold over somebody's head. Um, in the DOJ release today, they said Blazor paid a fine of $1.9 million and it agreed to pay a second one. So, you know, like everything else, it came down to money, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got his cooperation. And when the guy you're leaning on knows a lot of stuff, sometimes you find out a lot of things. Now, the name that a lot of people were hoping to see on the list of those indicted uh, by the Department of Justice was Seb Blatter. He was not there. I'm not sure I'm surprised at all by that, Andrew. I imagine you're not as well, knowing what we know about soccer. But is there is there any sense at all that the, the Department of Justice might be uh, tracking leads that could ultimately lead to Seb Blatter being pulled down uh, in some form or another? Well, I think the fact that they didn't indict him tells you that they don't have anything. Mm. So, you know, it's possible. He's been in the game a long time. Um, he, he stayed out of trouble for a long time when other people have been sucked into very, very bad things. Uh, so there's a there's part of him that's a bit of a survivor. You know, do I think Seth goes around putting hundreds in his pockets? I, you know, he's kind of above that. The guy lives the life, you know, he probably hasn't picked up a check in 35 years. So to me, what's Seth Ladder got to worry about 50 grand here and 40 grand there for? So he's he's not going to screw up this good thing that he has uh, over a little bit of a payment. Everybody who's ever dealt with him or written a big story about says it's all about the power and not the money for Seth because he doesn't pay for anything anyway. So it's what's the money? He's going to have that job until he dies. Does that does that mean? I mean, uh, the if my understanding is correct, the the element, uh, the the portion of the law perhaps used to go after uh, FIFA uh, FIFA officials and those involved in some of the bribery um, and the graft was was a re, was the RICO statute. Does is he above? If he's not directly benefiting, but he is overseeing that process, he can't be pulled. I mean, I guess that's a question for a legal scholar, not for you. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, Let's just, I think we can agree that if they thought they could have got him, yeah. that would have been a pretty good scalp to get. Mm. And the fact that they didn't tells me that they didn't have it. Now, so. the, the, other, the other part of this, obviously, is with the, uh, the arrest happening in Zurich. People are going to wonder when there's there going to be a trial, when will extradition actually happen. I imagine that that could be a, an exceedingly drawn-out process. I would think so. Also, a better question for a lawyer yeah. than uh, for me. Okay, uh, you know, when when with with the Times reporters on the ground there in Zurich, I, I guess the the process of actually uh, taking these gentlemen and they're all gentlemen. That seems to be uh, the way FIFA runs. Um, yep. out, out of the building was uh, in, in, uh, exceedingly polite. There was no showdown. Oh, it really was. I, I as, as I understand it. Uh, you know, they let everybody collect their things. Uh, nobody got nobody got cuffed, no matter what you hear on TV. As far as we know, nobody got cuffs put on them. They asked them to come, and they went along with them. It's it's not, you know, you're not talking about drug kingpins or murderers here. I mean, these guys, you know, the, Jeff Webb's a banker, and, you know, they, they're gentlemen in really fancy suits. And, you know, you wake them up, and you tell them you got them, and, you know, they sort it out and let the lawyers fight over it. We haven't heard from U.S. soccer on any of this, have we? Uh, Sam Borden spoke with Sunil, okay. who actually showed up at the press conference uh, this morning, the FIFA press conference. 
so Sam will have a story later today. So okay. I'll tease that right now. Excellent. I, 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 that's, that's a good tease for later on. Certainly be watching the New York Times uh, for developments. And, and, and there are continuing developments, Andrew. I imagine that uh, you said you were rallying, but in, that, in part that's probably because things are still happening. Yeah, we've got some other things cooking today. Uh, I think the the meat of um, the, you know, rousting guys from bed is over, obviously. Um, so I understand that they went into the CONCACAF offices in Miami. They've been in the FIFA offices in Zurich. Uh, but it, I think the drama of the day was at dawn, and um, and now everybody will hold uh, looking forward to the uh, Department of Justice's press conference later this morning. Uh, see what they have to say, and there'll be some more details out of that. And we're following some other things too, so we'll see where it all leads today. Uh, is the understanding that this is a an entirely American-led investigation? Whether it was a cooperation, I imagine there would be on some level, but we don't expect other national uh, police organizations to get involved in indicting anybody right now. Well, I, I guess not. I mean, the U.S. kind of took the lead. Um, the Swiss had the Garcia report because FIFA gave it to them, and as part as simultaneously to the U.S. Uh, request today, they did their own uh, raise and took some documents and some data files and stuff out of FIFA headquarters with FIFA's consent, apparently. Uh, so. You know, the Swiss will probably pursue their own things a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think you're going to get 40 different prosecutions in 40 different jurisdictions now. And, and the and the Department of Justice uh, probe, uh, the investigation, is not related directly to the to the World Cup bidding for 20 and t- 2018 and 2022? No, no. I, I think there was a thought that because everybody always talks about that, uh, that that's what this must be about. And, and I... You know, not to criticize, I think the British news media always wants to relitigate that. So they always think it's about that. But in this case, it appears to be uh, a Capone style tax investigation. And, you know, that kind of, it's, it's going to be a lot of documents and a lot of uh, uh, account numbers and, um, and dollar signs. Uh, we'll see where all of those lead, ultimately, what the, the ramifications for FIFA. And the individuals indicted might be. Um, uh, last thing, uh, Andrew, do you do you ultimately, from your just a personal perspective, think this is a turning point, or are we going to just uh, see FIFA roll on and SEP remain Teflon SEP? Um, you know, I think I think you and me and a lot of your listeners under, kind of understand <laughs> what's going on here. So uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly, I do think yeah. it's a big deal. I was surprised that Jeff Webb got pulled into this because I had considered him kind of a, a voice of reading system, reason and judgment maybe in this whole mess. So that was a little surprising to me. Uh, and if a guy like that is proven by somebody to be implicated in this, then maybe there's no hope for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's hope that there's hope for Sunil Gulati. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> to see exactly what he says. We'll be looking for that Sam Borden piece. Later on today at the New York Times, Andrew Doss from the New York Times joining us despite his long, long night. Andrew, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem, Dick. And one, one more thing. Congrats on your new uh, series. Still, I appreciate man. that, Andrew. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. All right, let's take a break. We'll let Andrew get back to his work and or catnaps, whatever is more important to him at the moment. It is Soccer Morning on RuralSoccerTalk.com. Phone lines open next. You want to talk about this? Jump on the line. Be right back. 
Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Here we are back on Soccer Morning. Phone lines now open 646-832-3909 here. We are live. Uh, it is time for you to speak up on your thoughts on the the um, developments overnight. The FIFA officials have been indicted uh, by the Department of Justice, as we just spoke with uh, we just spoke to Andrew Doss from the New York Times, outlining that this is mostly about taxes, bribery, uh, corruption, and, and the like. This is um, a situation that, from this vantage point, looks like it could have some some long ranging effect, but for the time being very short timeline fifa has already said that they will go ahead with their fifa presidential election set for friday and that they will they will not revote on the 2018 and 2022 world cups one of my favorite set bladder uh, set bladder bashers is on the line rick from philly what's up rick hey jason uh busy night yeah oh yeah 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 uh i'm calling to get on the potential for uh, Jasper Sillison going to Manchester United. No, you're not. No, you're not. Stop it, Rick. Stop. <laughs> Don't do that to me. We're going to have a Gold Cup in six weeks. A cap president who won't enter the country, and, uh, and the company organizing it won't want to operate at all in the U.S. Yeah, you know, I, th- I that, I think, is the most pressing issue for us as American soccer fans, for anybody who's a CONCACAF fan, what happens with that tournament, which, as you said, is organized by traffic and uh, with, with the president of, of CONCACAF indicted and unlikely to be returning to the country anytime soon, the president of the Costa Rican Federation indicted as well, Aaron Davidson, obviously president of Traffic Sports mm-hmm. USA, indicted. So that element of this uh, is And then you've got fast- Olympic qualifiers right after that with exactly the same situation. I don't exactly know that, and that's what I wanted to get to with Simon, and he doesn't know because again, I don't know what the precedent is. He did indicate that FIFA comes in, sometimes steps in to help with these things, but FIFA is also sucked up into all of this, and clearly the United States is a little bit uh, radioactive for FIFA officials at the moment. Rick, I, 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 I don't know. I, I hope we play some soccer. That's all I'm going to say. I hope we play some soccer. There, there is. Uh, from from I remember reading there is precedent back when Jack Warner had surgery a long long time ago. The Secretary General can effectively run everything, and I don't know how involved Enrique Sanz is. But you have to think if the former Secretary General is a source of information, you got uh, the former Concacaf president, the current Concacaf president, and the head of the Venezuelan Federation and traffic all wrapped up in this indictment, then the Venezuelan current Secretary General of CONCACAF has to be in, who's the former traffic PC, has to be involved in some way. Absolutely. Um, I think this is going to touch so many people. And again, you know, it was, it it makes sense what Andrew said, that if they didn't have something, uh, you know, they they clearly don't have enough to go after Bladder. So if you're not in, in, in on this list, then they must have less on you than they have on the 14 people involved. But that doesn't mean that you aren't implicated in some, in some way, and it doesn't mean that it's wise for those people who aren't indicted but are clearly connected to be showing up on American soil, flouting their connections to uh, to companies, again, to a company that clearly has uh, engaged in some malfeasance here, Rick. Yeah, no, absolutely. Even Canada. I mean, is Seth going to go to the Women's World Cup opener now? Is he even going to come to North America? I I don't know. There's a lot of real interesting questions. And then finally, 
counted a little pseudo bid to uh, to uh, bid for the 2026 World Cup was essentially financed by traffic. So where does that go now? I I well you know I the the impact on Ken I got I got a ton of people on the line Rick I got to go I appreciate it oh no absolutely man absolutely all right I'll talk to you soon there goes uh, Rick in Philadelphia the the impact on Canada's World Cup bid is something I I want to dive into but I don't have much information on <clears throat> and I've seen some people who I like up in Canada sort of paint this as you know it's it's a cooperative effort but it's not as though Canada is being bankrolled by traffic. You know, that, that matters, obviously. Robert in L.A., what's up? Hey, good morning, Jason. Uh, I just want to continue on with the FIFA discussion. And I'll just say, you know, with the, the World Cup and, like, the Gold Cup and Copa America All-Star, you always have these executives at the games, and they always have, have to, like, the opening game is they're shaking the hands of the teammates and at the very end when they hand the trophy off. And I just have this image of no one being there, which I kind of like. I think it would be great to see. You think that <laughs> just nobody there? Who hands the trophy? Yeah, or, or you know, they'll send, a, they'll send an intern. You know, someone there to shake the hands of the players. Some intern's going to have to give away the, the Gold Cup. All right. I can see that. You got anything else, Robert? Uh, no, that's what I wanted I to say. Uh, I'll do the album that you take care of the everyone else. I have appreciate a good it. All right, there you go. Yeah, we are. Uh, the lines are locked and loaded. If you're not getting in, you can keep trying. I can't make any promises we're going to get to everybody today, but I will make all my uh, all the effort I can. Bill in New York, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Jason? Uh, um, you know, it's an Bladder's interesting Bladder's definitely going to be there. Uh, who is? He's going to be at all those things. Bladder will be? Yeah, he'll be at all those things because he's, after this whole thing's all said and done, he's above all of this. He's not getting locked up. I well, just, I cannot believe, I, I read the article this morning, I said, it's great. The first person I'm going to see is Bladder, and he's not one of the guys being arrested. Well, okay, let's... So let's, this whole in, investigation to end corruption... Yeah. To me, it almost feels like the investigation is now clear. Well, okay, look. The, the the thing about Seb Blatter, and I've consistently said this on this program for the better part of two years, Seb Blatter is not the guy with his hand out. He's not the guy who's taking, uh, who's taking money. He's not the guy who is um, directly involved in selling media rights to companies that are run by his cousin so he can get a kickback. Seb Blatter is just the guy at the top of the pyramid while everybody else is doing this. He has made what Andrew said in that interview is exactly right. Sepp Blatter only cares about being the biggest name, the most powerful guy in world football. He cares about going after that Nobel prize. He doesn't necessarily care about getting rich off of the game, which insulates him a bit from all of this. Doesn't mean he's not complicit. Clearly he is. He's not an idiot. But if he's not directly involved, then they're not going to be able to get him. And I'm not sure that that means that – I'm not sure that they, that's, that's a bad thing, you know, categorically a bad thing. If the, re, if the bottom falls out of FIFA, Sepp Blatter may get sucked down with it just as a consequence of all of these people going down. Not that he would go to jail or be indicted, but he may be just sort of flushed aside as the rest of the football world kind of looks up and goes, now we have to change something. We have to start over. We need to reboot the system. And you can't reboot the system uh, with the same guy. You can't do that. But it, it actually it makes it worse because he knows all this is going on. And here we are. We're going after... We want to stop corruption, and all of these people, ah, these are the low guys. We can lock all of these guys up, but the big guy, well, we're not going to touch him. Uh, I know. We're going to let him go. And, I, I know it's frustrating. And everybody said, oh, it's not about money. He can't do this without money. 
He doesn't have power if he doesn't have money. So the money is definitely locked into this. And the money is no, 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 the well, most important. Well, okay. Sep, but Sep's, well, thanks, thanks for calling, Bill. i got to move on. Sep's money is FIFA's money. What I mean by that is the reason that Sep has all of this loyalty across the globe from all these, these tiny federations that are going to sign up to vote for him again on Friday is that he dis- helps distribute and put money into the pockets of the federations. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's an illegal process. I'm saying that Sepp Blatter has used his influence to gain loyalty in, in the structure of FIFA that may not be technically corruption. And, and again, that insulates him. It doesn't mean that he's a good guy. It doesn't mean that he's not complicit, but it does insulate him. And again, I, I think that the best we can hope for, because the man's a genius. I'm sorry, he is. The best we can hope for is that he gets flushed with everybody else who is complicit or who is engaged in corruption. Connor in Idaho, what's up? Hey, Jason, long time, first time. Just wanted to chime in really quick. Um, isn't Blatter's signature on everything? So basically, he's screwed either way. Am I thinking right. wrong on that? Well, well okay, what, what, uh, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm saying is ultimately the, the buck stops at Seth Blatter, right? I mean, ultimately, when you look at how FIFA has run for the better part of two decades, you have to put that at the feet of Seth Blatter. I mean, his predecessors weren't, weren't exactly running a clean ship either. But I'm just saying that he can he perpetuated that uh, that system that allowed for all of this graft, and so in in a sense, Sepp Blatter's may end up losing the public relations battle and therefore be pushed out rather than lose a legal battle and be arrested. Yeah, I just have this image, you know, of him just coming out and being, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this all happened under my watch." never going to happen oh, he's going to play the, really he's like, gonna, so you're saying the buck stops to him yeah. and he should be the one you know answering for it all oh this is the one his, his, the move is daft uncle i i you know i don't know i'm tr- in fact there the, the fifa statement speaks to that the fifa statement is straight uh, it, it probably wasn't written by Seb bladder but it is it's it's straight Seb bladder fifa FIFA welcomes actions that can help contribute to rooting out any wrongdoing in football. We understand that today's actions by the Swiss Federal Office of Justice on behalf of the U.S. authorities and the Swiss Office of the Attorney General uh, initiated by FIFA, blah, blah, blah. See, see they, they cre- FIFA credits itself while its, while its biggest figures are being arrested. I mean, that, that, it is confounding how they manage to do this and spin things. Uh, we are pleased to see that the investigation is being energetically pursued for the good of football and believe that it will help to reinforce measures that FIFA has already taken bullcrap, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> see, see what yeah. I'm saying? This is Sepp Blatter. I, I, I hate the guy, and I want him out, and I want change, and I want FIFA to figure itself out. And, 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 uh, but at the same time, I am cynical enough. And I'm aware, I am aware of the, foul, the, the flaws of humanity enough to think that any organization on this level controlling a sport as popular as soccer is bound to be corrupt. It's almost, it's almost, um, it's almost inevitable that anything like FIFA is going to end up corrupt. I guess what you get, again, what you can do is reboot the system. And again, Sepp Blatter is just the guy sitting at the top. And it's not that, it's not that he's in this. He's not Jack Warner. He's not trying to, to rake in millions of dollars off the backs of other people. He just wants to be the fig. He just wants to be the guy. He wants to be the father of football. That's his entire motivation. You got anything else, Connor? No, I said, man, I'll let you I get there, buddy. I think I'm sorry to rant a little bit there, but that, but I think it's important for you guys to understand this. Seth Blatter's motivation is not money. Jack Warner's motivation was money. Chuck Blazer's motivation was money. Seth Blatter's motivation is just being this 
lord and this figure that is the again the father he called that the father of football as he was called by some Caribbean official at at that event uh, the Concacaf event Roberto in Connecticut what's up what's up man I just want to change a little bit of the subject before I go to my own personal people questions um who wins Europa League today uh who what who wins yeah, Sevilla. Uh, wins. Sevilla wins. Okay. Yeah, Sevilla wins. And, um, uh, probably uh, three one. I'm going three one. Okay. And um, to my usual question, obviously I've been looking at the various outlets that there are on the um, website. It's obviously making Sports Center here on ESPN and everything. But um, ideally, with these nine voters gone, do you still see that Butter reelected on Friday? Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Without a question, he is going to, and he's going to act like nothing's wrong, and he's going to thank everybody for the honor of being FIFA president for a fifth term, and they, and FIFA will act as though they're going to just skate by all of this. And I don't know that they won't, but for the time being, it's going to frustrate everybody. But yes, he will be reelected. And um, just one last thing. Do you feel that the only way for soccer to have been shown, I guess, on the big main news and on every media outlet to show the <laughs> negativity of the sport? Uh, well, negativity sells, doesn't it? Uh, and, and obviously in the United States, it's going to take something like um, the U.S. team winning a game uh, way deep in a tournament like the World Cup and beating somebody uh, of consequence or something like this to make to, to lead SportsCenter. That, that's the only way it's ever going to happen. I, I mean, not ever, but the only way it's going to happen now. And we'll get to a point eventually where that won't be the case. But for the time being, that's just what we have to deal with. You got anything else, uh, Roberto? All right. No, no. no. Appreciate I'll let you get coming. to all the callers. Thank all you right. so much. Appreciate it. Yep. We, uh, we're setting records here, people. Let's go to Keith in Columbus. What's up, Keith? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No uh, you two make a couple of good points. Uh, about Bladder in terms of he is he is a power seeker. You're right, but money goes with power, as the one caller said. Sure. And the, the the point you made about him being flushed out, he's out one way or the other, whether it's legally or not. Who knows? I still think he's a target of this investigation. And Michael Schmidt of the New York Times said as much to CBS earlier today. There was a tweet about it mm-hmm. that he still thinks Bladder will be arrested. And I will too. And here's why: this is not much different than when the feds go after organized crime or like in the Enron case. Mm-hmm. They go for the underlings, the guys underneath that top layer, because they got to undermine the guy at the top, number right. one. Yeah. Number two, they know sooner or later, one of these underlings is going to roll over and say, yeah, Bladder did this. And that, and when you do something like this, these guys at the Department of Justice, the FBI, they have to make 1,000% sure their case is airtight, because you only get one chance at this. So therefore, I still think a bladder arrest is coming. I just think people have to be patient, and it's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of time for these people, whether it be in Switzerland or the United States, to interrogate all these people that have been arrested, not just the people, but at CONCACAP, because CONCACAP headquarters is being raided today, too. So one way or another, bladder is going to be out, whether it be through an arrest or whether it be for a collapse of the entire organization in terms of the culpability and the PR message simply can't be avoided. Okay. I, I think I might agree with you, Keith. I, I hope that's the case. I think that's the optimistic viewpoint. I got to move on. Thanks for the call. Let's go to uh, Ray in Milwaukee. We're got to keep this moving quickly. Ray, what's up? Good. Uh, first, I just want to say that we have to be careful about replacing one dictator for another. If sure. you look at it, they busted uh, Al Capone for taxes. And that didn't stop organized crime. It only grew. 
uh, they just got better at uh, doing what they needed to do. Now, what I would like to look at this from a different perspective and, and when it pertains to a bidding process and when it pertains to countries hosting the World Cup. Now, I think if you look at some of the very criticisms by a lot of people in sports uh, here in the United States and, and in oh, footballing worlds, uh, very similar criticisms that uh, we got back in 1988, uh, that we weren't a footballing country, that um, there were going to be half-empty stadiums, that uh, e- even even why Mexico was banned from the 1990 World Cup, there was rumors that there was backdoor dealing between uh, FIFA and, and the U.S. to ensure them the 1990 World Cup. Now, also, I'd just like to say that there's great pride in the region that uh, people express when uh, feel, uh, like South Africa, for example, example, there are many uh, U.S. soccer fans that felt that this was going to be a terrible World Cup. And yet, when I interacted with Africans that were in the United States, there was a great joy. And so I truly believe that we have to be very careful when we're going to out here and take away a World Cup, that we don't want to blacken it or cheapen it, and it has to be done gracefully and with respect okay. to the people that rewarded it. Okay, thanks Thanks for the call, Ray. I, and It's a decent point, and I made that... I made that argument in regards to uh, to, to Qatar. It's it's a, it's interest it's interesting to consider the ramifications of pulling a World Cup out of a country, even if you believe that it was uh, ill begotten uh, in, in terms of how it was awarded. By the way, uh, make sure you're following Andrew Doss on Twitter. It's Andrew Doss D A S N Y T at the end. The New York Times will have a uh, a live blog of the D O G news conference, which is taking place in about 20 minutes. Uh, so make sure you're following that. We'll be covering that later on. On uh, the uh, the radio uh, uh, edition of Soccer Morning, Jeff in Orlando, what's going on? Jason, you and Trevor are killing it this morning. Great job, I guys. I appreciate that. What's on your mind? So I uh, want to go back to what Simon Evans was talking about in terms of at what point does Europe and other large confederations uh, get sick and tired of being dragged down with this? Uh, I, I mean, I, that might be the best alternative that I can think of is to have Europe and then some of the larger uh, groups from South America, you know, I'd love to well, rope in the United States, maybe Mexico, and create their own tournaments sure. and get rid of this power base that that, that ladder has that's based mostly on small federations that that are generating the money. Uh, you know, I, I don't like, just, I, I'm an egalitarian, Jeff, I don't want to leave behind countries that should have the opportunity to compete with everybody else. I don't think that your population should determine whether or not you get to be part of, uh, part of the, the scene. But you do no, make nor, no, you nor, do, nor am I. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, remove people from it. But right now, the playing field isn't level, so you almost need to create a new playing field and, I and give that. those countries an opportunity to join. You know, it's in a, a new new environment. It's a, it's an interesting conundrum. You you if you give everybody an equal vote, then you all, you obviously create blocks like the Caribbean Union. Um, like some of these smaller countries, and, and then they can become beholden to certain figures who are their, essentially their benefactors, and we, we end up with what we got, which is Seth Blatter as president for life, essentially. Um, but if you give all the power to the big countries or the most powerful countries or the most soccer-savvy countries, the richest countries, then you obviously unbalance things that way. 
I think I gotta let you go, Jeff. But I think that your the, the UEFA is obviously the key to all of this. If there's going to be a breakup of FIFA, it has to be UEFA who takes the lead. Whether or not everybody comes with them, I, I don't know. But UEFA could go on about their business, pull out of the World Cup, hold a a a Euro tournament every four years, and be just fine. I mean, maybe they even throw in another tournament just to to add. They're already doing that. That weird, uh, what's that? That thing that they're doing with it's like a, a rolling tournament or something. They're they're already doing weird stuff in, in UEFA. It makes you wonder if they could just pull out and be okay. Let's go to Mark uh, Mark Fishkins on the line. What's up, Mark? Hey, I just want first of all to to echo what everyone else has said about this being uh, really kind of a seminal show for you guys. You're doing a terrific job. I want to build on the point that was just made about. Uh, you know, going back to Jeremy Schapp's fantastic piece on E60 a few weeks ago, right? It's one country, one vote, right? Andorra has the same voting power as Italy, despite the massive, massive uh, difference in the amount of revenue. And so the question is, how do you build an egalitarian, in quote, system to determine where big events like World Cups go exactly. at a time where a lot of these nations are basically, and Andorra is not the case, trying to feed their, their people right. much less cash a check from FIFA, and when a bidding country comes with a stadium or a, a, an academy or really just a bag of cash, how can a nation in the developing world, not even take into account the football world, how can they turn that down? Right. And so how can we, we how can uh, the powers that be or whatever the new powers that be are going to be, create a system that really takes the dollar, you know, the graft and the bribery away, providing for these poor nations more than they already do? Yeah, and, and, and Mark, and, well, and Mark, let me throw this in. This is going to be the mind blower. Who gets to decide how we get to that mm-hmm. egalitarian system? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, we've, right. Got, we've got a chicken. This is essentially the problem with FIFA. They anointed themselves the powers, the, the power over the, the game around the world. Everybody just kind of fell in like, oh, we needed that. Okay, let's just let's just follow along with these guys. And then, you know, 60, 70, 80 years later, whatever we're at now, I guess it's more like uh, 90 years later at this point, they essentially have consolidated so much power that there is no oversight. There's no one to step up and say, you guys are screwing this up and you're 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 really making a mess of this and there's nobody to push them out the door and it takes something like this which again i think the i think the analogy is a little a little um rough but it, it's essentially the al capone thing it's we can't get him we can't get him for this this and this which right. we know he did so we're going to go after him for tax evasion yeah i mean I, yes and i think listen this is going to be again a seminal moment in world football history and i hope although that's not, it's not what's going to happen, that Sepp says, yes, this happened, and my watch, and I'm out of here. I mean, the guy is emperor for life until he's physically removed, and it's not just about Sepp. It's about the system and how we can all uh, put the World Cup in interesting and successful places, places that want them, yeah. without having checks under the table be a part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Mark Fishkin from Seeing Red. Find that here on Backheel.com. Uh, Mark, the, the last thing I'll say is that I wonder if there will be a couple of ideas floating around on the internet. I wonder if that'll happen. You think that'll happen? If only, if only anyone had a method that they could share their <laughs> ideas so everyone could read them. It would really be terrific. Yeah, I look forward to reading 735 proposals for how world soccer should be governed. <laughs> Thank you for the time, Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Good call from Mark Fishkin. Last call of the day. Tim from Brooklyn, you are, you're the anchor, man. You better bring it. Yeah, sure, man. Um, great show. Uh, I'd just like to say that 
you know, well, one, yes, you know, maybe we'd all like to burn FIFA down, but this isn't just about FIFA. This is, this is everyone. Everywhere you look, there is corruption going on and it's BS. Whether it's, uh, well, okay, so you got Qatar, slave labor projected 3,000 people going to die yeah. to build stadiums. You got uh, uh, basically slave labor, the prison labor in Russia. You got the the whole fight over financial fair play uh, in Europe. You got Spain, where they're fighting over you know two two teams getting all the money. Uh, the Caribbean nations, you know, I'm sorry, flushing down the toilet. This is it's ridiculous. Whoa, whoa, that whoa, all whoa. the power <laughs> in Concacaf. <laughs> Is held by these small nations where the actual teams that go to uh, the World Cup basically have no say, and it goes on. You know, we got now. Now we're here. You know, uh, NESL. Uh, you know, sure we knew about traffic, uh, the crap with them, but now the the the, the chairman there is involved. Uh, everywhere you look, it's all about money, and it touches everyone, even down to you know, frankly, MLS. Yeah. MLS is in charge of soccer in the United States, and it costs a hundred million dollars to buy your way in. And so, everywhere you look, there is problems everywhere. Sure, everyone sure. is involved, and it's not about the people anymore. Okay. It's not about the people. It's not about the play on the field. I'm not sure that that it's ever really been. Thanks for the call, Tim. I'm not sure it's ever really been about the people and about the play on the field. There's always been some moneyed interest who has had some uh, reason to exploit the game. That's true of sports in general. Now, as fans, we can decide that we're going to be cynical bastards and we're going to turn away from it because everybody's corrupt. Or we can just be cynical and try to enjoy the soccer. Everybody's a corrupt bastard. I'm going to watch the soccer. You know what? I'm going to suspend my sin. That's what you have to do. You go to the movies, you suspend your disbelief. You watch sports on television whether it's soccer or anything else, for the most part, and you suspend your cynicism. Otherwise, you can't enjoy it. That's why, that's why we're here, because enough of you have decided to suspend your cynicism that we, can, that we can talk about it. We can have a good time talking about soccer. Days like this are massive and have to be discussed, and I'm so glad we had 20 people call in tonight, today, excuse me. I don't know what day it is anymore, what time of day it is, to discuss it. That's what it's out there. I'm going to leave with this. Got to wrap up this show. If you got serious, make sure you join us over there on Sirius XM 94. Uh, the big sponsors of FIFA, the people whose logos were at the bottom of the press release issued by FIFA that says, we welcome this, blah, blah, blah. We gave the Swiss authorities a report. Yeah, we're trying to fix things ourselves. Those people, Adidas, Gazprom, which is that petroleum company out of Russia, I think, Hyundai, Visa, Budweiser, Coca-Cola. Your response is, after this news broke, Gazprom, no response. Hyundai, no comment. Visa, won't be commenting on a live legal issue. Budweiser, no response. Coca-Cola, still waiting on a response. Only Adidas has issued a response, and their response reads, The Adidas group is fully committed to creating a culture that promotes the highest standards of ethics and compliance, and we expect the same from our partners. Following today's news, we can therefore only encourage FIFA to continue to establish and follow transparent compliance standards in everything they do. Adidas is the world's leading football brand, and we will continue to support football on all levels. Reed, we're not going anywhere. We like what FIFA does for us because we don't care. 
Money money talks, people. All right. Serious XMFC 94, if you want more of this. We'll talk MLS over there as well. Thank you very much to our guests at the last minute. Simon Evans, Andrew Doss, wonderful show. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Maybe about FIFA. Bye.